mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like an eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. On today's episode of The Art of Masculinity, we have Jay Martell and John Lear joining me today. Jay is an Emmy Peabody WGA and American Comedy Award winner for his work writing and producing TV and film and is a regular contributor to The New Yorker. John Lear is the star and creator of multiple TV series and most widely known as one of the original Geico cavemen. We all love those commercials. Had such a fun time with these two gentlemen today. We laughed a lot and we talked about how speed bumps in our lives can separate us. And those speed bumps aren't even necessarily things that are actual blockages in our lives, but merely something to overcome. Yet we see how they impact us, and especially today's society, how they impact us and they impact our relationships. It was such an enlightening conversation and very fun to have them on. We also get in to a conversation about a scrotum tuck in this episode, which is a very interesting topic. <laughs> so I know you guys will be on the lookout for that and enjoy this episode. I'll see y'all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today, we have John Lear and Jay Martell on with us. How are you guys doing? Good, good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Excited to have you guys on. Two funny individuals, and you guys have a lot going on uh, right now in your guys' lives. But before we kick off and go down the path of your play that you got going on, I want to actually ask you guys some questions that I like to refer to as the manly round. You guys ready to do that? Hell yeah. Man, man us up. Man us up. There's <laughs> you, I right. guarantee we're the most manly guests you have oh, ever no, had. Yeah, no comparison. No comparison. <laughs> no comparison. Hands down. We're already done. No. <laughs> that was the answer. No. Okay. The first question, first question I have, and we'll start with you, Jay, and then we'll go over to you, John. Uh, first question I have is what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, um a, a very cowardly lion. I think <laughs> I, I froze there for a second. So I didn't hear the question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's, it's what is your spirit animal and why Jay says that he is a very cowardly lion. <laughs> Did he say why? Oh, because he's cowardly. <laughs> well, I have the attributes of, you know, of a, a ravening, uh, predator, incredibly aggressive predator, but I'm also very, very afraid <laughs> and anxious. 
Uh, speaking of uh, uh, aggressive uh, uh, animals, have you guys seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear yet? Cocaine no. Bear? No. Oh, my God. I just <laughs> changed your life. You guys are going to have a great time after you get off. <laughs> Wait, this is real? <laughs> this is a real movie based on a true story called Cocaine Bear where a ba- uh, cocaine smugglers drop their load over the forest and a bear uh, eats a kilo of cocaine. And it is fantastic. I I feel like Did you it's write this, of, John. No, no, I have no, no financial stake in it whatsoever. Um, this hey, John, is, that, is your, that is your spirit animal, a cocaine bear. <laughs> Pretty well, well it, it is. It, 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 that's where I'm headed because I, I, my, my spirit animal is a polar bear, and the reason I know this is because my friend took me to some spirit animal person, and she said it was a polar bear. I don't mm. know why she said pol- she just said it's a polar bear, which I thought I'll take it. That's pretty a good one, you know. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's and then, cool. then you one upped it by saying you're going to be on cocaine as a polar bear. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, he's a polar bear is white. So, you know, he's kind of a cocaine bear. So that's the tie in to um, to the to the It's probably better if you're on cocaine as a polar bear, because people can't see the the white traces like under your nose. Mm -hmm. But their noses are still black. So that's true. I guess I would. Yeah, you'd stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about a polar bear is they're kind of scary even if they're not on cocaine that's right they're very the vicious like, very true if I, saw a cocaine, yeah. if I saw a polar bear coming to me i wouldn't stop to see if it had, you know was on drugs or not i would just Damn straight no my uh my safe distance for polar bears is national geographic on my tv yeah. so that's where i like to keep an eye on them at <laughs> but <laughs> All right. Well, your next question, Jay, you're going to start again. Your next question is what song when you hear it? So say for instance, you're surrounded on a New York subway in the middle of like a hundred people. If this song comes on, what song is it that makes you have to start singing out loud? Oh God. Um, You're tough. It would, it's probably the theme song from Nanny and the Professor, which was a uh, 60s sitcom. <laughs> of course, this is where you go. <laughs> <laughs> Piggalilly is a silly name, and so many silly things start happening when wow. Nanny came. That's a pretty good show. What happens? I don't know it's what's... a nanny who changes their life is like a Mary Poppins yeah, kind well, of thing. Days, a bunch of TV executives are, were sitting around a table after Mary Poppins came out and said, "You know, we need our we need our own Mary Poppins. Get it, mm-hmm. get, a, get us our own Mary Poppins." And some uh, <laughs> you know TV writer went off and wrote "Nanny and the Professor," which is it, it, it's it, it exact. It's such a Mary Poppins knockoff. It's like everything. <laughs> she, she she flies she does magic you know she does twitches her nose and does magic oh um, man oh, be, bewitched rip off i was too. gonna say yeah this is a bewitched and mary poppins mix yeah yeah that's basically what it is <laughs> great theme song i think nelson might have written it i'm not sure but um so maybe the pitch was mary poppins meets bewitched yeah yeah <laughs> been. well you know I mean, there was so many, like, uh, so much LSD-driven uh, programming going 
in prime time. <laughs> the the golden mean, ears. I know. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, no wonder why shows have gone flat. No. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's true. I mean, in some ways, they, they've lost the thread of what a real high concept is. I mean, a real high concept is, you know, an astronaut finds a genie in a bottle <laughs> in, <the game. laughs> and, and holds her prisoner in his apartment. You know, that that's that's a high concept. Um, oh, wow. That. Yeah, that is I high concept. That. that is. John, what is your song? Is it also uh, Manny and the Professor? No, <laughs> I'm going to go with Paradise by the Dashboard Lights uh, by Meatloaf. Mm. Um, okay. You know, uh, that's my song. When, especially when the woman in the duet says, stop right there. I got to <laughs> uh -huh. know right now. Will you love me? Will you love me forever? Will you need me? Will you never leave me? Come on, guys. Make me so happy for the rest of my life. Will you take me away? Will you make me your wife? I got to know right now. Damn. Before we go any further, do you love me? Do you love me for? And then Meatloaf says, uh, 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 let me sleep on it. <laughs> what a great I song. love that. So good. Yeah. And not only that, you just riff that thing off. That was freaking Fuck dope. Yeah, man. It's that was the song, my theme song, uh, in high school and throughout my life. I love that. Really good. Well, the last one, I'm actually very interested because both of you are funny individuals. Mm. And the last one is if you could travel in time and you got to pick somebody who's well known to most of the world, right? So it could be celebrity or it could just be like a, a well-known figure. But if you could travel back in time or present, who would you prank? And if you know who it is, and if you know what the prank is, what would the prank be? Oh, God. Wow. I mean, wow. I guess saving presidents from assassination isn't really a prank, is it? Oh, my God. That's where I was going, Jay. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> you guys I mean, spend too much time together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, hey, Abe, uh, come out to see what's out here in the hallway. Uh-huh. I'd prank <laughs> Hitler into walking into the uh, across the Russian front without oh, any yeah. guns. I'd be like, it's oh, a party. Man. We're gonna have a party. I swear, Adolf. <laughs> it's yeah, we're totally on your side. We're not baiting yeah. you in anything. Come on over. Tonight we're we want a truce. Party. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I guess um geez. To you know, put put Socrates hemlock in a dribble glass. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh like, like a, a whoopee cushion at a really, really solemn moment, like at the Nuremberg trials or something would be really, oh geez, that actually, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be effective. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. That's super good. I love that. Both of those. Very good. John, you're, John, you're, you're sticking with Hitler across the Russian line, right? That's your final answer. Yep. Yep. I'm going to just say, come on, Adolf. We got to uh, trust me. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Like, I, I, John, I, I hate to poke holes in, oh. in, in my buddies, like, uh, you know, historical prank, but, I, what makes you think that Hitler would like, go along with you? I mean, well, it's a complex prank. I mean, oh, it's, uh, you know, 
the question wasn't, you know, how would I prank him into doing oh, that? It's okay. who would I prank? Oh, okay. So, you know, and not only a, if he knows the prank. So he knows the prank and he knows who. He just doesn't have the how worked out, which yeah, I don't know how to. to there. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. No, you're right. That wasn't part of the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jay. Oh, man. I love <laughs> like, it. Starting yeah. off strong. Uh, Starting off strong. Well, gentlemen, you guys um, wrote this play speed bump okay and this is uh it seems very fascinating i'm very interested if i lived in la i definitely would be going to see it i might be making a trip out there just to go watch it anyways because that sounds amazing oh cool but uh i got a lot of family down there so i do go down there pretty frequently but speed bump you guys wrote this during the pandemic correct well actually uh jay wrote it i just uh you know listened to his ideas and memorized <laughs> all his goddamn lines and, <laughs> and there were a oh lot of them God. and yeah i mean that was it, it's like it, it's a hard to do a you know an hour and a half two-man play i mean it's not it's oh. like, that doesn't seem very easy no, oh. we both have a lot of lines. It's oh. it's, it's, it's so many lines. So <laughs> many lines. Do you, John? Do you just find out sometimes? You just start waking up and like speaking the lines like to your wife. <laughs> but when we were first learning them, yeah, yeah, because I I had done a film just prior to all of this, uh, which was a two man film and it was a feature. So I had already go down the hell hole of memorizing, you know, but, but for film, you just have to make sure you have each scene, you get a break in between to look at the lines Mm -hmm. for the next scene. You know, this was a whole nother ball game, but God, I'm glad those early days of learning all the lines are over. It's still a pain in the ass, but it's in our brains for sure. Nothing could, nothing. Y'all get loose, right, John? Nothing, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, nothing. Um, no. Well, it, you know, it definitely lends uh, an aspect of a high high wire act to every performance. As we as we wonder yeah. at what point, there's always like at least one, you know, screw up when, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's just like, okay, where's that gonna be? And will and the second question is, will we know where we are? Once we yes. get off, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've wanted to do something with John forever, and we, we, uh, we grew our kids together. We, uh, we've known each other for, I don't know, what has it been, John? Eighteen years or something? Jesus. And okay. um, wow. seventeen years, sixteen years. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, John's a wonderful performer. I don't know if you know his stuff, but his shows. Some are of it, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, check them out on uh on hulu and where is um 10 items streaming john is that, is that uh i think it's on it's on hulu now it goes back and forth between hulu and crackle but if you just search it it'll mm. it'll tell you but i you know i was lucky enough to have this incredibly charismatic talented neighbor oh uh, come who, on who was willing <laughs> who was willing actually to go down this rabbit hole with me uh and explore this these these themes and these things that you know we'd actually been playing out in our relationship as neighbors and 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 fathers as well so it all it all kind of fit together and john is such the perfect person to do this with because it's it's there it's right there i mean he isn't 
he isn't really his character in the play. Um, but I, he, wish, I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, some ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's funny because it is sort of perfect for you. The character is perfect for you, but it's not really you. But it, yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, all the all that sort of deep, dark anxieties I have have been sort of poured into into my character. So mm-hmm. um but it, it, he's a perfect he's he's perfect for this part. Uh, I I'm so I feel so lucky to have him as a partner in this. And oh, we started we started doing it you know during COVID and there was no theaters open and no <laughs> no there was no one <laughs> basically yeah the streets were empty. But uh, you know we have some neighbors who were hungry for uh, any kind of like actual human entertainment that wasn't screen screen imprisoned yeah and uh <laughs> and so we started doing it in my backyard uh first like as a reading just you know without and then with john's encouragement we we went over the hill we we uh we we crossed uh we crossed the river uh <laughs> and we weren't even hiller we crossed the river <laughs> we, we memorized the, the play wow and, and then you know and and can, we continue to work on it every every time we do it i think we've done it about 10 times in various backyards wow. in new york and um we're, <laughs> we're actually doing it in some like some theaters in the coming year we're doing it at some outdoor different outdoor venues um, um but it's been great it's been a great experience everywhere we've done it people have responded positively and it's and it's uh, resonated with with you know men and women um across los angeles What's what's fascinating is you guys are both very successful men in your own right in your individual careers. Yet you started this play in your backyard <laughs> at a time when you actually already were successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's I mean, you know, COVID was the great leveler, right? Like you know, right, so yeah. everyone was kind of in the same boat, and you know, whatever we've done in the past, and you know, like all, all was you know, became very much in the past and we didn't know what the future would bring. So it was a great time to do something like this. Yeah. John, John and I both started in the theater and in different, different ways. John is a brilliant improviser and, and was, uh, you know, the vanguard of the, the, the Chicago improv, uh, you know, revolution of the, like the nineties. And I, and I was more like a theater geek, uh, in New York City, performing in basements in you know churches, so okay. but we that's where we started. That's where we learned our chops. That's where we learned our timing. That's where we learned how to write. You know, it all comes from that. So this is this is like full full circle. And and no matter yeah. how successful you are, uh, it, you when you're you're dealing with art, you have to make it. You know, you have to. Mm-hmm. It's all every piece of art is handmade. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah. At some yeah. point, you gotta show it to somebody, or actually write it, or actually you know <laughs> perform it. You know what I mean? It all kind of gets boiled down to those first stages where you just gotta get it, get it out there. Yeah, and as a, yeah. as, a as a writer, you're always starting from scratch, right? Like you, you, yeah. you, you never, no matter how successful or not successful you are, you're always <laughs> reinventing the wheel every time. It's a new world. It's new characters. It's new thing and there's always the same kind of questions can i do this can i make this work mm. you know it's 
you never it, it it's it's kind of crazy how little confidence uh success builds in a in a writer <laughs> yeah wow that's fascinating yeah that's something you don't hear every day i feel like in any other profession when you have some success you're like yeah i'm pretty good at this yeah, yeah. but when, yeah. <laughs> me as a writer it's always like oh shit now i'm i'm doing another thing and i don't know if it's gonna work so yeah. <laughs> mm. And John, John, do you write as well? Or are you just yeah. doing performing? Yeah, you do. write. I, yeah, I do I write. But, uh, you know, Jay is an incredibly talented writer. You know, he's one right. Peabody and he's won. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. uh, uh, what do you call it? An Emmys. And, and so, you know, and he writes for The New Yorker. He's a writer writer. I'm kind of a hack comedy writer so uh you know we're we're, le we're leaning on each other's strengths here you know i love it i love it that's how that's what you're supposed to do as friends but the, yeah. so speed bump the the cool thing is is that it's a <laughs> the premise is actually really funny to me it's these two neighbors right in the they're not far from each other and they're being divided by a speed bump in being put in the neighborhood What's the correlation that we're finding or that you found between that and what society's doing today or what it's gone through over the last couple of years, Jay? Oh, well, this is basically, I mean, it's one of those things where you take a, a tiny thing that you see in your environment and extrapolate it onto uh, a much bigger thing. It's, it's, a, it's basically an analogy for, you know, what, what we're going through as a, as a country. So speed bump, my character wants the speed bump because he's all about, you know, safety and he wants the neighborhood to be safe and he wants his kids to be yeah. safe. And he wants the world to be safe. And John's character is much more libertarian. And he's like, you know, fuck that. I mean, you know, like I got some really nice cars and I don't want to be going over this thing every day. And it, <laughs> it starts at this very elemental level. And then, goes outward just the same way you know like with COVID, it was like but i don't want to wear i don't want to be told to wear a mask you know but because i'm fine i i don't have i don't have COVID. you know like right like so john's character is like you know i don't have anyone in in my house who's tiny and might run out into the street in front of a speeding car so you know this doesn't concern me so it's that it, it's 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 just that whole thing versus you know local versus universal uh do you believe in the individual do you believe in individual freedoms or do you believe that everyone should be safe you know like you know like and these are the things yeah. that are at the root of, of you know what we're dealing with as a, as a country and you know the society unfortunately yeah freedom versus security and yes. and that's mm -hmm. sort of what we're we're grappling with, which is so cool. I mean, there are other lots of other issues I think that come up uh, in all of this too, which is you know there's oh man like like um, marriage versus being single uh, mm -hmm. and how those two cultures sort of uh, clash. Yeah, yeah. yeah and no. Oh yeah. Sorry. Living with your neighbors, but disagreeing and, you know, having different yeah. points of view. And how do you deal with that? And uh, just, yeah. So th there's all yeah. kinds of stuff. John's character out. doesn't have kids and my my character does. So there's that whole thing. Right. That, you know, I, I mean, it's it's very, very real here in Los Angeles. And I think other cities where 
you know, as soon as you have kids, you're in this whole nother culture, you know, of, sure. of, of, of child rearing. And what does that mean? And then if you don't, you're just like, you're still in this other world of like being, you know, just, just yourself, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's such a big, such a big step that, um, and, and, you know, I lost a, a lot of friends when I had kids, uh, but I gained friends like John, you know, because he had had kids, you know, but that, that's basically, yeah. that was the basis of our relationship when we, when we first uh, became friends. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it, it, there's it's a also this part of the play that's dealt with, I think, brilliantly in this sort of not in my backyard kind of thing for and coming from people who maybe perceive themselves as super liberal. But when it comes to, you know, homeless people living on your street, it's kind of a different yeah. story, you know, and I think it gets into that in a really fun, uh, funny way too. to, you know, sort of sort of puts people on their on their station you know it's like really <laughs> yeah. how 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 liberal are you really when there's a guy yeah. taking a poop in your bushes yeah you know yeah i mean i, I well, watched it's, it's funny because there's there's two aspects to this that i love and what you just brought up john and what you were bringing up jay it's like security versus freedom everybody was okay with giving up freedom for security after 9 11 right we still have policies from that that they said were supposed to be temporary, right? Sim very yeah. similar, but people were, yeah. they bought into that. And then we have what's gone on over the last two years, very, you know, very different, but same in a lot of ways. And then, <clears throat> you know, talking about like, oh yeah, with the, the liberal side of like, oh yeah, how liberal are you? Well, when they're, you know, pitching up tents on your sidewalk across from your house, like, yep. are you still advocating for that? Or is that crossing a boundary for you? So I love the the metaphor of this in so many different ways within society, because there are so many, I guess, if for a lack of better term, speed bumps, we're all dealing with and negotiating with as, as human beings, as individuals, but also as a collective society, right? Yep. Yep. I think it's, I think the bottom line is that no one is as good a person as they think they are. <laughs> you know? I, I agree with that. <laughs> because because I, I think we all just to get up in the morning and go on with our lives, we all have to convince ourselves that we're like decent people. And but when the push comes to shove, when you're, you know, like I watched a friend um, on another street close by who started the year as a as a liberal, like uh, as a really staunch liberal. I watched him turn into a Republican because he, a guy was leaving a bottle of urine on his front porch, you know? <laughs> so, oh, wh whoa. <laughs> All right. There you go. I mean, it's just like, we, we, we think, we think we're idealistic, but maybe we're not. And we, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Little things like that will change it. Maybe the guy was actually just being nice and leaving apple juice every day. And he assumed it was <laughs> yeah. like, maybe he was just, <laughs> it was a free apple juice delivery service that uh, the homeless man started. And uh, it was just misperceived. <laughs> John was paying him $5 every day to go buy apple juice and leave it on this guy's front porch. The guy assumes it's pee because it's a homeless man. And then he gets all pissed off. Ooh, that's good. That's good for the series. The, the, the truth is the guy probably thought he was doing my neighbor a, a favor by putting it in a bottle, you know, as opposed to just like spraying it willy nilly in his front yard. 
I had a neighbor yeah. who actually uh, tried to build a speed bump on our street in the middle of the night. And he, you know, <laughs> he literally tried to, and Jay references it. And I think you heard about it from someone else, right, Jay? Like you got yeah, that. Yeah. The speed bump idea actually came from my father's neighborhood or the neighborhood my father's live, lived in where, where he, uh, a neighbor wanted to, uh, they, they already had one speed bump and they want to put up another speed bump. And my dad said, no, no, we got one speed bump. Everyone slows down when they come in. And, mm-hmm. and it turned, it, again, it kind of got th- this thing where the, my father and his wife are no longer talking to this neighbor. And that because partly what the neighbor did when my dad vetoed the speed bump was park his giant pickup truck a little farther into the street. So mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of ha- always hard to get by that pickup truck. And that was his way of saying like, Okay, you say no to my speed bump. Now, now deal with my fucking truck. All right. <laughs> Wait, so John, you guys had somebody on your street try to put in a speed bump in the middle of the night? Yeah, well, it wasn't like at four in the morning, but yeah, he tried to build a uh, like a uh, he got some asphalt or something, but they, but it didn't work at all. Wow. It, it was just like it, the first car that went over it just squashed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it the was fail. pretty it was a total fail. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now, oh. I, John, I, I think from what I understand from the neighborhood gossip is that your street will will get us may get a speed bump. It's in line for uh, the city. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yep. It looks like it, and I don't want it. I I I don't want a speed bump on our street, but I'm not. But I'm afraid to vote against it because everyone will see that I'm voting against it and turn right. on me. Yeah. So oh, I'm, you're gonna get you're gonna get urine on your front porch. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not. I'm gonna be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Yeah. yeah. Here we go, guys. Oh no, the city said no. Oh, oh darn, darn it! Darn it! Darn it. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. So, so uh, looking at it as kind of this metaphorical concept, society today in a very funny uh, way that you guys do the the play. What is it? I don't want to give away the ending to the play, but I would like to ask: What is it that you guys um, see in how we can use this to help grow better communication from these speed bumps we're encountering as a society, as as just human beings in general, trying to all do our best, I guess, in life and and be happy and not uh, violate one another. Well, Jay, if I may step in. Uh, I know you wrote it, but I would say for me that what what ends up coming from the play is is the notion that we're all fucked. It doesn't matter what side you're on, kids, no kids, Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter. It's all bad, all of it. And uh, and and there's there's a certain I don't know there's a uh, I, I, I there's a certain surrender to that that I actually feel comfortable with, Jay. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good thing. And I think like that, what, because part of like what's going on between our characters is the, is, is some one, at different points in the play, one character is thinking like the other character is the one who hasn't made, or, you know, like, like, mm. oh, well, you got it good, but I have to deal with this and you, you know, and, but, and, and, the, and they, they do come to a realization that we're all fucked. And but I would add to that, like that the only <laughs> that. the only virtue 
is is kindness. The yeah. o- the only the only thing that helps is being kind to each other. That's the only yeah. thing that that can kind of tr- pierce the you know the these bubbles of, of mm. ideology. And that's and that's what I'm most impressed with when when I see people who are at like different ends of of you know various spectrums politically and ideologically and every, you know whatever is when one i see one person being really kind to the other person and listening and that's and i think that is that that is it you know that is the solution but you know it's it's hard it's hard when there's so when people feel like there's so much at stake you know it's really hard to yeah. be kind. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I think uh, there's there's a beauty in the essence of of realizing you're all fucked. Because when I was in when I was in training and in special operations, we were all pretty much fucked. Like we were all going to get the <laughs> shit kicked out of us. But we came. It bonded us, right? It's it, like trauma bonds you to come together, be nice to each other, help each other out along the way, so you can be a very good unit afterwards if you make it through, right? Like so, I I feel like in a way that's a very great symbol to put out there because when you kind of do realize you're all fucks the surrender comes in and then you're like yeah let's just be like nice to one another like at the end of the day if we're all in the same boat with a bunch of holes in it we may as well just go together right right exactly exactly yeah yeah that's really good no i love that and so um you know being kind that's another thing you know I see this uh, quite often, and I'd love to get both your guys' perspective is like, we can, we can, again, this is kind of like when, before the homeless man comes onto your front yard with the the tent, we can say like, oh, everybody be kind, right? But when people get out to the real world, they don't necessarily find that kindness when they're shoulder to shoulder on a subway with a bunch of people or like getting through in a rush to the grocery store. So like, what is it for you guys that helps maybe keep that kindness? Because I see it in both of you. You're very, very kind people, just the way you're speaking with me now. I'm kinder than Jay, just so you know. <laughs> oh, the cowardly lion? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, uh, of course. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think like I think uh yeah, I, I I don't I don't know the answer to because I know the moments you're talking about when you when you just you start kind of freaking out and you're and adrenaline takes over or the you know the yeah. the, the and and you're you're you you feel like I, I think because because we we're just not that far evolved you know we're so close to being in situations where we're being hunted by you know, a bear on cocaine or otherwise, or, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so we have the, we have this fight, fight or flight instinct and it's really hard to get past yeah. that in those moments. But, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, as, a as, a uh, I, I will say that it's been easier for me as I've gotten older, like as a, as a, as a man, as a man, it's been easier to get past those moments of, of, you know, rage or anger, or I'm never going to talk to that person again, or those kind of things uh, have have certainly mellowed with age for me. Um, and so I don't know. That's not really a good solution. Yeah, get get older, get, get older, old. fuckers. That's it. Get old as fast <laughs> as you fucking can. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, it, it, there are all kinds of, of tools that you can put into your life so that so that when you become flooded, you know, and your prefrontal cortex is like, you know, lighting up your brain, that you there are things that you can do prior to that that might help you not act on those uh, moments. Yeah. But and, and those are spiritual or exercise, you know, meditate, all those kinds of things. But the, but once it's flooded, you, you, there's nothing you can do in that moment. You know, I think it's mm -hmm. very difficult. You, it's almost like like when I don't act, like when I get triggered, like say on the highway or something, and somebody cuts in front of me or does something stupid. If I don't act on it and honk at them or give them the finger or whatever, <laughs> it's it's not because I chose to. You know, <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's because somehow. I've done enough work on myself or something. I don't even know. Grace, whatever. <laughs> Somehow I'm always surprised, you know, yeah. when somebody yeah. sends a douchey email and I don't hit a reply all, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and send them all, you know, to hell. I, when I don't do that only later, will I be like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't bite on that. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I can only think that the reason I didn't is because of these things that I do in my life that are supposedly helpful therapy, you know, exercise, meditation, those I, kinds of things. Another, Probably also depends on the amount of cocaine you had that day too. Right? That, well, that's that. true. You know, you all kidding aside or not all kidding aside, but some kidding aside, I, kidding. you know, if I'm heavily caffeinated, oh my God, if I'm heavily <laughs> caffeinated and I'm right, like truly right about something, I will destroy you. You know, <laughs> I, I will, I will take you out. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, really right. Like if I'm actually right, that's what I'm at my own, my most dangerous is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's when the worst John comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. for John being wrong. That's all yeah. I do every day. Oh, um, if I'm, I'm, I'm so more comfortable being wrong or not knowing if I'm right. Oh my God. I'm happy camper. But if I'm right yeah. and oh, you disagree so with me, Oh Jesus, forget it. Um, Oh. Another layer to this play is this is is just you know the friendship between these two guys and what 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 that what you have to kind of go through to stay friends being being guys yeah. because we are walking around with these kind of hair triggers all of us you know whether it, it, no matter what kind of personality type you are I don't care you're 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 almost you're, you you can explode you can you you're close to exploding and so um you know that's something that we 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 deal with in the play and and i think like um you know john and i have certainly dealt with in our in our in our friendship like over the years and and i think any obviously any close male friendship like if you if you hang together long enough you're gonna you know have your have your times where you're just kind of like Oh shit! Is this it? Is this the end? Is this yeah. the end? You know, um, and then and then one of you has to be that person go who who you know reels it back and, and yeah. sees the wrong. 
you know, thank God. No, no, not, not, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I love hearing that, but I, that doesn't feel true. <laughs> <laughs> when, 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 uh, when were you uh, at your closest at exploding on John Jay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get into this. This sounds Let's like a good this. idea. This is a good one. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's always been uh, our biggest, our John and my biggest fights have always been through work. Because we have worked together off and on, it's usually uh, it, it's usually not been like other stuff like our kids' relationships or uh, yeah. you know other relationships. Right. It's usually work, and I think work is really important to both of us, you know. And a lot of our self esteem is wrapped up in work, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's I I really feel I genuinely feel like you don't know someone. I, man or woman, you don't really know someone until you work with them in a really high pressure situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I've met people, you know, I, I've had colleagues at work that I feel like I've known better than their significant others at home. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, again, to, you know, to, to go off your, your, your situation, like when you're in the, <laughs> When you're in an actual like high pressure, high stakes, you know, in the feeling like you're in the trenches, whether you are there or not, you know, like that's what it feels like when you're under the gun and you're wanting you want to do a great job uh, sure. under a strong deadline. Like that's when your true nature comes out, you know, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I think that that for me, that's been my biggest point of conflict with 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 everyone in my life, you know, mm-hmm. in yeah. those situations. In but particular, it, John, especially when a- he's right. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah and 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 it's how you come out of those clashes that's important mm-hmm. like it, it's it yeah. the clashes happen and they can sometimes be really bad or sometimes they can just be you know disagreements and you handle it like adults but but it's it's to me it's it's not about the clash itself it's about how you work through it after the clash because everybody mm. screws up, you know, everybody does. And, and it's really like, okay, is this person important enough to me to try to make it right or, or work through it or figure out, you know, what we could do differently moving forward, like all of those things mm-hmm. um, is yeah. I think. And the, yeah. the big question, the big question there too, is like, how do you then, because it is, it's a hundred percent an ego thing. How do we as men drop that ego to say, yeah, let me go and build this bridge back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, it, but, and, and if you, if you're somebody who's done that, then you realize that's really masculine because it's, it it (laughs) takes balls to do that. Hell yeah. It, It takes balls to say to somebody, I screwed up. I was wrong. I'm so sorry. How can I make it right? You know, and and boy mm-hmm. man that shit <laughs> that's yeah. when yeah. i mean that's when you to me that's like exactly that's the real shit right there being uh, a yeah. man is lowering lowering your own wall and insecurity and being like hey bro maybe i fucked up like we need to talk about this and uh you know have a bridge built here and i apologize for how i acted but i don't see men do that too no. often today <laughs> i think we're taught i think we're taught not to do that that we're taught in those circumstances you suck it up you 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 swallow it turn it into cancer <laughs> you know and uh and yep. pretend and pretend like it never happened 
and then yes. you and then you just keep going and you hope that it'll fade over time but the problem with that is is it doesn't fade over time i mean it does you think it does but it doesn't go away it's happened and it's still no. there unless you choose to like deal with it and and yeah. it sends a message to that person that hey you're not worth it for me mm -hmm. to right go in and and you know and make it right and and or talk about it you know yeah, women are so absolutely. much better at that yeah oh so much and i hope and i hope our kids are going to be better at it you know? i know jesus for sure i mean I, that's my that's one of my my prayers for our the, the next you know couple generations is that, that that they're better at negotiating and problem solving that kind of stuff because when when john when you were just saying that you know like how we've been wired that way you know and i mm -hmm. think that it, you're exactly right it, it came it came to me from my all the men in my life when i was growing up you know is that that's what you did with conflict is you mm -hmm. you, you know you, you mm -hmm. pushed it down you know? our parents our dads never i mean how often did your dad apologize you know <laughs> no <laughs> you know yeah, my dad's just... a, my dad's apology was uh us going out and working on cars with him in the garage while he's drinking beer and having a cigar like a boomer apology <laughs> like... <laughs> but if but you no, ever I mean... if, if you ever have apologized when you didn't want to or even, if, or how about this? Apologizing when you're partially right, but they're partially right, you know? Oh, and that, yeah. oh that's, that's a big deal. But that's, that's but John, that's, that's, like, that's one that's, that situations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah caffeinated, caffeinated John could not do that right for sure. Wrong. Yeah. Well, you guys spoke at the same time. I couldn't hear. Oh. I was going to say, caffeinated John could not do that. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. That's right. It always has to come later for me. And then I'm like, oh, maybe they've forgotten about it. Or maybe it, I start giving myself excuses for not having to deal with it. Oh, maybe they would. They wouldn't. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable by me apologizing. Uh, <laughs> you know, no. that kind of stuff. You know, you're like, oh, they'd oh, yeah. probably prefer it not to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. That's great. I love that. I love that. The human brain is so amazing uh, at like rationalizing unpleasantness away, you know. So, Holy yeah. crap, a bird oh, just flew into my office. There's a bird in my house. This is a manly wow. thing. What the this, I'll have to take care of that bird. <laughs> take care of that bird Please, in a very loving don't ask way. Me to help you because this is something you got to deal with on your own, man. <laughs> You're gonna. This is gonna be like the great outdoors scene when he's going after the bat. <laughs> yes, yes. I am so terrified of birds. I birds scare the hell out of me. They're they're really? like so they're prehistoric. And I had a um I, I had a a, a a college roommate who I was assigned to my freshman year, and he had a bird and he would leave the cage open and let the bird out while he was at classes. So I would come home and I would see the cage door open, but was like looking around for where the bird was. It was terrifying. Oh my I, God. I, I hated that bird. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just preying on you. <laughs> I love it. At any moment. Can yeah. Just like behind the closet door. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, and it, you know, 
I hate that crap, but now I've got to deal with the bird. Maybe don't they usually just find a way out? I'm just going to let them find a way out yeah. for now. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to see. <laughs> well, see my brain. this is this my has brain's... been a lot of fun, man. Just flying by, and uh, honestly, like you guys, obviously, very fun human beings, very lighthearted. Um, I want you guys to let everybody know where speed bump, where they can find speed bump, come see it. Uh, and then what's coming up in the future for it and anything else you guys got going on that you guys would like to talk about. I think there was a, a scrotum tuck that we forgot to throw in here. And, uh... <laughs> oh my God. You got to get that scrotum tuck it tuck in. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, John, tell them about the scrotum tuck while I pull up our speed bump link. Tree. Okay. Well, the, we were talking about it off air, but um, my father, uh, my brother was getting a divorce. He called my dad and he said, dad, I have something really important to talk to you about. And my dad, classic dad said, well, I have something more important to talk to you about. <laughs> and he starts telling my brother that when he sits down to go to the bathroom, his scrotum now is so long that it touches the water in the toilet and that oh. he had to get a scrotum tuck. <laughs> and I, the, you know, the, this is just, you know, that is classic aging male kind of stuff. That's like for the tough, you want to be masculine, <laughs> deal with your scrotum touching the water in a toilet, man. That'll scare <laughs> the hell out of you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Holy so. shit. That's a, that's priceless right there. You can't make yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the, so the best way to find Speed Bump in the Los Angeles area is to go to Linktree slash Speed Bump the Play, um, mm -hmm. which is sort of a, uh, our, our Linktree that we've, uh, we will update with our, our upcoming dates. Um, yeah. And um, Linktree is actually L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E -E, mm -hmm. and then backslash Speed Bump the Play. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll uh put this in the show notes as well. So anybody listening, they can go ahead and take in the show notes. They'll find the link there, and you guys can check out the play where it's going to be at in the LA area. And you guys said you're going to be putting this in some theaters pretty soon too, maybe up in 2023. Yeah, yeah, we've got um we've got a uh, some some dates at uh, the LA Dance Project in April um, that we're really excited about. And um, we're nailing down some dates at a couple outdoor venues in February. So um, but we'll, we'll, we'll update the, the link tree when we get those. They're, they're almost there. Amazing. <laughs> they're almost there. And it, and it's, I love it. It's been really, really fun to do. And really, um, like, there, there's sort of nothing like live theater to, in so many different ways, mm -hmm. both as a spectator and as a, as a performer. And um, I can't tell you how, uh, how, how fulfilling it is on some very deep level to have people like surprised to see like this play in their backyard and, and, and come up too excited and their eyes are like, you know, like sort of like saucers excited by some of the themes that they've been, you know, dealing with in their life, just kind of put out there in someone's backyard. It's so <laughs> it's true. Cool. I yep. love that. That's really cool. Well, um, last, the last question I have for you guys both. So I'll start with you, Jay, since I've been going Jay first every time is what does the art of masculinity mean to you? 
Huh. Well, I think it's just, you know, like as you know, we've been touching on during this conversation. It's 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 really hard to be. It, it, it sounds like uh, something that I'm going to immediately be being be beaten up on on Twitter that I'm saying, but it's really it's it's actually really hard to be a man in this society, and it's and and I think the way I interpret it, and I'm not sure what you had this in this in mind when you named your podcast, it, but. Um, the way I interpret it is that that it's it's actually more than something that you're born with. It's more than something that you're given at birth. It's something that you have to learn. You have to learn how to be this guy, you know, <laughs> this this guy mm -hmm. in this world. And so much of what we're taught when we're growing up, at least in my my generation, so much of what the 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 uh the lies we were fed growing up about what it means to be a man just either through our culture osmosis movies we watch mm -hmm. tv shows we watch are things that you actually have to learn to overcome and uh so i i, I like that you you think of it as an art as opposed to like fucking homework or uh like <laughs> Uh, a, a, a terrible chore that you have to yeah. figure out because I do feel like it's an art form in a way, you know, like you have to thread that needle between finding it debilitating and sort of a breaking down of who you are um, between that and finding it exhilarating and freeing to be like, you know, the person who you, you, you're meant to be. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great, a very great thoughtful, very. <laughs> um, what do you got, John? I I think it, it, the art of masculinity is about the ability to not be afraid of incorporating your femininity. Like, like I think the art is how do you be a man, but but um, not close yourself off to that left brain emotional side, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. powerful, man. That's exactly, that's a lot of what uh, I think guys are finding is that that balance between the two is needed. So. Yeah, how do you do that without, and, and remain being a man? Like, how do you, how do you walk that? Um, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, man, that's what we're all figuring out. But I love that that's the conversation we're starting to have because I think that's where really the power is to help, like Jay said, to really shift the next generations coming up yeah. so they can evolve from, from what we are and evolve in a way that really supports where society's heading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Well, gentlemen, thank you guys so uh, much for joining me. I appreciate you so much. Johnny, for being on so the show. much fun. Yeah. Thank you for this. Yeah. This is thank such you. a cool show. I'm going to be a follower now. So I'll be listening to you while oh, I run. Shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to be. I'll be in the back of my head. I'm be like, John's judging me right now. John's judging me. Right now. <laughs> but I Every won't episode. turn on you unless I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna get a nasty. I'm gonna get a nasty message uh, when you're on caffeine and you're right. You know. <laughs> I love it. 
Well, thank you guys. I appreciate your time. And to everybody listening, make sure you guys check out the play. If you're in the Los Angeles area, if you're going to make a trip out there, please go see it. These guys are two amazing gentlemen. Sounds like it's going to be an amazing time, especially as you guys expand this play more and more to the world so they can see it. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble till next time. All right.